bank over there, largest. You do the match. January 6th tapes, economic failures, etc. Flood of truth. I added the truth, but that's what she's talking about. So, we, we, you know, as another, so these are different patriots out there posting on Twitter and TikTok and elsewhere and all saying more or less the same thing. What the F is going on today? This was just last week, right? Sam Altman fired for OpenAI. Well, we'll have to learn more about that. Bank of Japan is facing collapse. So there's Japan again. Can't get away. J6 tapes got released. That was Friday. But how about this? Breaking Stacey Abrams' brother-in-law arrested in Tampa. It's an hour, hour north of me, right? For human trafficking. Oh, 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 oh. wow. So Stacey Abrams' family is into, is into what? Pedophilia? Or is it just her brother-in-law? I'm not, I'm a little, maybe, is she into it? No, she can't be. Is she? Well, these are questions you need to ask. And uh, you might not believe in God, but let me just say this. The Satanists believe believe in, in God. Otherwise, they wouldn't be going trying so hard to destroy our souls, our DNA, and all of that stuff. So you might want to get a grip on these owl lovers, right? These satanic pedophiles. Yeah, all of them right there on your screen. You know who they are. Wake up, people. This is the enemy. And yeah, they, they do pray to Satan. They've infiltrated our government for quite some time. So it's not just Marxism. It's not just the Fourth Reich. It's a lot more than that. They're the enemy. Oh, and here. So... You know, there's this black cube inside the United Nations building. United Nations is since the 1920s, I think 1922, had the Lucius Trust. It used to be called the Lucifer Trust, and they realized it was kind of like out in the open. So now it's a Lucius Trust, and they got a black cube in there. Now look at look at your look at your skull cap you wear at uh, when you graduate college or high school, whatever. Black cube. Look look what they pray over here and there. Black cube. This is in your face. If you think it's not related to Saturn and Satan, I think you're wrong. But you do your own research on black cubes because it's a lot more than you think it is. So here's one of the articles that uh, this is part one: plasmid DNA contamination, a primer. So, and part two is investigating the controversy behind Pfizer's vaccine production process. This is awesome, and it's yes by our guest Miriam Henneman. It came out on the twentieth of November. Pretty darn cool. So here's the part six. So there's six parts to her. Anthrax Chronicle series. This is the ardor behind Anthrax. We will learn what she means by all of this. So this is our guest, Miriam Hennon. She's a true patriot. You can find her at four places. Let's go through them. Take our time. Miriam Hennon. Dot Substack. Honeycolly.com. Simply Transformative.com. Miriam Hennon.com. Next, let's go down to the Anthrax Chronicles. She has six parts out to this. So you need to go to her Substack and find it. I'm sure it won't be a problem. And then you can read through uh, Spills of the Fort Detrick, Pakistan Rabbit Fever, Duct Tape. Well, I'll ask her about the Duct Tape. Anthrax Letters were visited, right? Uh, Anthrax Chronicles, the, the Hero in the Morning, Bioterrorist by Night. Very interesting. Bruce Irvins, as a name for the past, from the two, 2000s. Deep into the Dust, an Ardor Behind Anthrax. Let's welcome Miriam Hennon. Miriam, how are you doing? Hi, James. Happy to be here. Happy to talk about anthrax and plasma DNA contamination. Yeah, the floor is yours. Where would you like to start? There's so much going on in the world besides J6 tapes and Stacey's brother, brother-in-law being a pedophile and stuff like that. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I can share with your audience. One, let's let's discuss the plasma DNA. I mean, the fact that 
these jabs haven't been pulled from the market. I this is such a, a scandalous story. So I I'm not a scientist, but I'm a hard worker and I'm a smart cookie. So I work to kind of uh, give a primer to the people and um, just deconstruct Kevin McKern's work. So it's a two-part series and um, it breaks down all the ways, you know, just for the audience, basically there was a process one which used the PCR test and in order to scale up in warp speed to put these jabs inside of people, they scaled up using process two. And basically, when I found out that we're growing these plasmid, these, the mRNA in vats of E. coli, and that they're not properly purified, so you, the body is introduced to these gram-positive bacteria, these endotoxins. And I kind of mistakenly ran into this story because I was doing a story on the blue blue crab, the horseshoe crab and the Lal essay. And I came across Jeffrey Payne's uh, substack. And then I already knew about Kevin. And, uh, you know, even when they did the FOIA, they did a freedom of information to look at the endo endotoxin levels. So despite the fact that it's a FOIA, they also redacted the area where it shows the level of endotoxin. So clearly, it had too much to put onto the market, but they don't care. And, and so I just go through, you know, I cover in the process one, process two, antibiotic resistance gene, the fact that they put an antibiotic resistance gene, which makes you wonder if you then are need to take an antibiotic, which you should take, you know, shouldn't abuse or misuse it, then it might not work. I mean, I personally am already resistant to many Many um, antibiotics. So I go over antibiotic resistance, increased DNA um, length, risk of contamination, regulatory and clinical trial, immunogenicity testing, elderly population, trial binding, placebo. Anyway, I go through it all. And I, I really, you know, made an effort to distill it in the layman's terms so people can understand it. Well, there's, there's two points in anthrax history for me. So at the end of the 80s, George H.W. Bush, before he became president or in mid 80s, he was he was before Reagan. He was a CDC. Uh, he was CDC, CIA director. And apparently he and his company behind the scenes were actually supplying uh, Iraq with chemical and germ, germ warfare weapons against the eight year war in Iran from 1980 to 88. Uh, right. Then, you know, right, and some Iranians were, were injured and destroyed. And eventually that came to an end. And of course, we you know the story about Saddam Hussein uh, attacking uh, Kuwait because. They were they owed fifteen billion dollars into Kuwait, and they, they not only did they erase their debt, they then became sixteen billion dollars richer with Kuwait. And then George Bush was really concerned because he was then president, and he was concerned about the anthrax vaccine, and they had to rush this anthrax vaccine out. So there was okay. a, there was a delay between uh, you know the June of of nineteen ninety. Then it, uh, Operation Desert Shield was setting up the International Alliance to fight. Uh, Iraq come January of twenty of 1991, which would be Operation Desert Storm. So Desert Shield to Desert Storm. This this was the two operations. And in those six months, they rushed to get an anthrax vaccine into the U.S. troops. Because what Bush feared the most was Americans dying from anthrax spores 
if Saddam still had him and, and you know put it on Americans and all that stuff. And that, that would have destroyed George Bush's reputation forever, right? Had that happened. So they made a synthetic uh, adjuvant. I forgot what it was called. But that became part of, from several intel sources and military I've, I've talked to, became part of the uh, Gulf War illness or syndrome, yeah. right? And everyone yeah. thought it was depleted uranium. But at the end of the day, with the anthrax vaccines and the synthetic uh, uh, adjuvants that actually caused it, right afterwards. So that was one part of the story. And then everyone forgot about it. It's out of the news cycle for a number of years. And suddenly what happened? 9-11 happened. Everyone got sucked into that, right? Right when the Patriot Act was about to be signed and we we never heard what, what was in it, right? Sounds like Pelosi. They do what? They, they come out with the anthrax scare in New York City and then went over to Indiana, then went to Florida, right? And and for a, a literally three months, we were in anthrax terror, right? And when you look back at only five people died from anthrax during right. those three months. Right. Is it more right. than five or about five? Uh, it was, I mean, in this in this particular incident with the anthrax letters. In fall, fall two, of 2001 is all I'm talking about, right? They, so it wasn't the killer weapon we saw on TV that, you know, wipe out 100 people in the street. It just doesn't work that way, anthrax spores. Right. And I talked to Dr. Merrill Nass, who's an expert on anthrax, and she says it doesn't work that way. It would, there's, there's no way to control the wind or breeze or anything else. So you, you would never know what it would do. And would it, would it lose some of its power if it's just out in the open? But the, but yeah. the buildings that it, it infected two buildings, one in Florida, one in Indiana, those buildings, because the ventilation system, they had to be completely destroyed, right? right. Removed, right. right? And then, they, then they, they, I guess, new buildings were put in place. Bring us up to speed on, were the anthrax letters put in 2001 give us a timeline when the anthrax letters started hitting the public was it part of like after 9-11 go ahead i i want to so i was speaking about the plasmid dna story then we're switching just okay sorry my fault go sorry, ahead. So we're switching to to the anthrax and i i just want to ex, ex share with you i mean anthrax letters is not new right yep. so why am i writing a series mm -hmm. i was in a back channel with um i mean i, I sit on spaces with vaccine injured people on a regular basis and in the back channel in the back room someone was bringing up the point that when um, Wuhan was shutting down that there were rumors that Wuhan had signed or China had signed a deal with Pakistan and Desto which is equivalent to DARPA and that they were dealing with with um, anthrax now in the meanwhile here in america in 2019 in july august they shut down for diedrich there were these mysterious vaping illnesses and also two retiree homes were also mysterious and if you recall in the beginning they were telling us about this glass and these opaque um images of the lungs right that kind of disappeared yep. so the the idea was, or the rumor, or the thought was, was anthrax involved? And I didn't know at the time that you can put a bacteria into a virus, which I don't delve into my my six-part piece. So I was thinking I was going to write one article for Dr. Tenpenny, just looking at um, what happened in 2019 and Pakistan's role. And the next thing you know, I've spent two months because I just can't be brief. I'm very detail oriented. And, and so you, I'm re oh, sorry. And you discover things along the way and you like yes. it's a brand new Avenue and you have to, you're like me, you have to, it's not a rabbit hole. 
but it's a new avenue of research and it ties into the bigger story. So of course it's like it's like climbing a tree. Right. Oh, I didn't see this branch from the ground, right? Wait, hold on, I'd go out in this branch here and take a look. What's here? Right. Then you you go a little higher. Oh, there's another branch. I didn't see that from the ground either. Gotta go over there. So it's the opposite of a rabbit hole, but you you so you want to explore this tree and you're climbing up it and you're just it it's a six part series, might go to what more than that? It's actually a seven part series now. But you know, back in the day, James, uh, when I wrote for all the major magazines, I, I used to get paid a dollar a word. So to spend two months to get a hundred and fifty dollars, which is what I'm um, paid, uh, yeah. it's that's why I built my Substack because I'm a real journalist, and uh, you know, so what's the point of spending two two months? But yes, I I then I ran into um, George Webb's work. Yep. I didn't know he's written books. And so I didn't interviewed him. Um, and then looking back at the anthrax letters and realizing that Bruce Edward Ivins did not do this. Of course not. And yet he was um, framed by the government. And because yeah. let's say he was a cross dresser or he had some um, odd tendencies that he was concerned that these things were going to come out. And then he ends up, you know, committing suicide, yep. uh, so supposedly. And dead men and don't talk, or Arkansas. One dead men don't talk, but if you look also at the history of anthrax and its weaponization, Frank Olson also mysteriously died. There was a scientist in Portland Down that's in my seventh part that I'm going to discuss, and who was able to weaponize this anthrax. So I ha- I've still yet to look down that rabbit hole, but it seems like Ken Alibak, who defected from uh, from Russia, who I tried, you know, when this Ukraine lab stuff um, started, I had this book called Biohazard that Ken Alibak, yep. and I tried to contact him then with no, with no luck. Um, so anyway, so to answer, to answer your question, I, let, let's just say that anthrax is very is the perfect bioweapon and in this sixth part i i, I talk about that i list uh, the reasons maybe i can just share that with you no, i want to uh, share a screen i'll let me do that right now so a uh, perfect bioweapon so you're saying something opposite than my just basic ground level observation 2001 it killed five people five people die in new york city every day so when five people died over three months i'm just going back to 2020 yeah. 2001 it's the only only known cases I have that these anthrax came out and supposedly killed five people, right? Eventually, a, a, a couple succumbed, right? NBC News or something like that received letters, right? There were other inquirer inquirer down in Florida, one other in Indiana. I, I forgot the names of them, but just it, it's actually very interesting. I, I shared the screen with you. You can take over from here. I can. Okay, one second. Please do. So I want to, I want to, you know, we'll come back to the question. I want to, I definitely love your, your thing. It's a perfect bioweapon. I want to learn how or why. Yeah. You, can you see this? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll go to the, um, to the end where I, a bioweapon must fulfill a variety of demands. It needs to be produced in large amounts. It must act fast. It must be environmentally robust and the disease must be treatable or a vaccine must be available to allow the protection of soldiers. This explains why only a minority of natural pathogens are suitable for military purposes. Of the numerous biological agents that could be used as a biological weapon, anthrax is particularly suitable. 
Think of all the long-lasting environmental contamination that can cause widespread illness and death and eventually cripple a city or a region. Um, so, you know, it, in, in its normal state, you can recover from um, antibiotics. Yep. However, if it's weaponized, and, and this was um, ultra-fine powder, yep. and in, in reality... Um, Bruce could not have done this on his own. Yeah. It would have taken a team, but they pretty much framed him. And let's let's recall that initially they pinned the tail on Stephen Hatfield and he was um, exonerated um, and he, he sued them. According to George Webb, that was kind of like he was uh, going to take take the heat. And that was his payout from the FBI. Um, of course, I've not interviewed Stephen Hatfield. I'd, I'd be happy to interview him. What's interesting is that he was hired as a Trump advisor and was a proponent of HCQ during the beginnings of the Rona regime. Interesting. And so we know, you know, I say this often, if if something with a 0.01 or 0.1 fatality rate toppled an entire world, what will happen when they roll out something that does have a um, that is more dangerous? They have no shortage of stuff that they experiment on, and so I wonder what role anthrax played in the beginnings uh, of this of this Rona. I, I I don't know what you think. No, uh, so we, we so first of all, we don't know what uh, what are what were in those forty six bio labs that Russia invaded. They've got a lot of information. They've not released the information. They're going to have their own military tribunals over in Russia or even inside Ukraine. Mariupol, we 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 haven't heard anything on that. Uh, there's still Kiev. Whether they're going to go into Kiev, already already taken the stuff in Kiev. So Russia Russia is an opportunity to actually really expose what those 46 bio labs. And then as you and I recall, and this is just to remind the audience, when I was first covering Ukraine from day one of of uh, February 24, 2022, there were zero biolabs according to the military. And the New York Times and all the puppet mainstream media was zero. Then eventually more, <laughs> more came out and said, okay, we got six. That was the next month. That was March. In April, like, no, 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 no. We got 12. Sorry. And by May, it was 18. And eventually, towards the end of June, they com completely capitulated. We have 46 biolabs, but that's it, Right. We went from like zero to six to 12 to 18 to 28 and then 46. Holy crap. Can you stop lying? I mean, it was it was unbelievable. And Russia was, I remember covering this with Josh Reed on, on DEFCON 5 show when I used to do it in, in my own show. I remember distinctly that Russia was surgically with, with rockets targeting some of these biolabs because they were built where? Inside cities throughout Ukraine. Yeah. Why? Which is also, like, like human shields. Does that? Right. The human shields again. This, this only the Satanists do this, right? Only the cabal who cares has no regard for human life. Only they do it. So right. shock or what? Hmm. So what? I mean, so that was that. Yeah, so and and where is Ken Ali back? Who came to America with his technology and point. then worked for the CDC? Worked for Batal, a Batal memoir. Who who? Maybe I'm not pronouncing that right, but they they are the lab for the CIA. Yeah, and 
he worked for the DIA as well. So wh- where is he? We don't, you know, we don't it, know if Ken, Ken Albach is a white hat or a, or a black hat, but pro- I, for now, I just call him a gray hat because we're not sure. It, he's got to be right. in the middle. But but he must have some comments. Um, he's not, at least not to me, accessible. I don't know. I know George. Has he, has he published anything that you know of or interviewed in the last two years or not really? No, I know he's that. Off, he's that, off the radar, essentially. Yeah, pretty much pretty much off off the radar and, and it's like when when they framed bruce ivins and the fbi said it's close this this case is closed there was nas um who had an independent investigation they shut that down there mm-hmm. were people that came to bruce ivins's defense um, and of course those articles are scrubbed in researching when I came across George Webb, then I came across a Wired article and I found I found it a well-written article. And then I went to look to see who wrote this. And I found out, oh, this is the editor-in-chief of, of Rolling Stone currently. And before that, he was with the Daily Beast. So I'm like, oh, is this guy, is he a journalist for the FBI? And uh, then I found out that this um, editor-in-chief was integral in... Um, in lambasting Eric Clapton with the, you know, marking him as an anti-vaxxer. But that showed me also his allegiance. There was also another scandal with Rolling Stone where where this guy Noah pretty much hid the name, edited his um, employees' writings, but his friend that he removed the name had ties to pedophilia. And so it just made me see like, Boys and girls at home, there are journalists that are captured. And if you're someone like me that's uncompromised and now uber independent but was with the mainstream, you have to consider all these mock jobs, right, of of, uh, these narratives. And so we have the biggest with the anthrax letters. It shut down Congress. It killed only, you know, five people. But it it did what it was supposed to do, which was usher in the Patriotic Act. When you look at the senators... It, it absolutely, it was the, the greatest smokescreen ever for the Patriot Act, right? We had no chance to look what was inside. We didn't realize what was happening. We first had the the you know the big body blow of 9-11, right? In the collective conscious American. So we just, you know, all, all the focus on ground zero and all, all that stuff. And then, of course, these, these anthrax letters come out and, and people did die and buildings were, uh, you know, were... Forgot the word. We're we're so contaminated, they yeah. had to be destroyed, right? And and so all of that was happening in the fall. So the anthrax right. letters completely would provide a perfect cover for what for for the Patriot Act. And then there were at the time under under George Bush, there were four CDC co-directors. One was named Dr. Julie Gerberding. What was her expertise? Anthrax. So there's another branch for you to go chase. Yeah. What what's her there, name? Julie. Gerber, so G E R B E R Gerber Ding. She's a, she's a German, of course, Fourth Reicher probably, but uh, don't know for a fact. <laughs> she was uh, one of the, one of the one of the stars of my book, a mass manipulator, because she was a direct director of the CDC from t- J- July two thousand two until two thousand nine January, and when Obama came in, it was somebody else, right? So she was involved in in the destruction of the of the of the erasing of the signals for the movie Vax and even for the foreign. Uh, studies to vaccines completely had no no connection with with autism, but now that's coming back out. So she was the one that was in charge of CDC back then, and she's an anthrax specialist. 
And I called her, the, in one of my chapters, I called her the golden girl of bioterror. <laughs> Tongue in cheek, right? That's exactly yeah. what I called her. She ended up becoming a president of Merck's vaccine division <laughs> one year after leaving the CDC. And she, in 2015, she sold like uh, $3 million worth of uh, Merck shares because she wanted to cash out, I guess. Wow. Yeah, there, there's no, the, the truth is then we realize that the ones that speak out are blackballed their their yeah. careers so it's either you know if you can't or join may, them be, maybe they got maybe, maybe they got blackmailed dirt now back and that's why they keep them shut up i mean just think about that possibility i'm not saying epstein island blackmail but maybe they got something else on them right or maybe they just i don't know if, is, is alabeck is he married and have kids you anything to know about his, his personal background well he was married he brought his uh, wife when he defected and had had children but look if he went on to work for the cdc or these also private contractors oh yeah forget it to lend his expertise in bioweapons which is positioned as like public health and like well, let's forget uh, the geneva protocol and the convention and, sure and the convention of 1972 but yet they still stockpile them and if it's used for public health then it's okay i mean george webb talks about using anthrax to help with cancer as a delivery agent which i haven't looked down but that in itself is like a little bit odd but we know that they use dangerous adjuvants which yeah are like let's put which, this poison which, and get the immune which, system. which likely caused the gulf war illness which makes a lot more sense since everyone's vaccinated not everyone, and now that everyone had the reaction to the there might have been some placebos there. So not all the soldiers got Gulf War illness, but a lot of them did. The ones yeah. over there certainly did. Yeah. So the and vaccines the, make a lot, the anthrax vaccines to me make a lot more sense than, than depleted uranium or, you know, in the field. It just doesn't add up for me. Right. They've changed this vaccine. Of course, they're always like new and improved, new and improved. So they had one, let's say with Louis Pasteur, and then yep. they had one in the 50s. American Chemical Corps made it and then they upgraded it and then they upgraded it. and I think that the this anthrax vaccine was the first time where they're like this is going to be mandatory whether you like it or not there is a movie in the end of my series I have all these resources and there's a film called anthrax that talks about the dangerous impacts of the vaccine I know I know at least one person who was in the military that has a um, condition, yep. two people, and they got the vaccine. They got the anthrax vaccine. And more and more people are realizing that their conditions that they've had uh, are because of vaccines. Not, I'm not it, particularly talking about anthrax, but yep. you know, you have a son that's uh, damaged. Yeah, vaccine injured. But let me, let me share some information. So I was up in Tampa last night and I at a uh, Mickey Willis uh, updated of his movie, Great Awakening. I saw it for the first time last. Great movie. Yeah. Um, Dr. Judy Mikevitz there. A lot of other, other great patrons were there. And I was I had breakfast this morning with, with people that worked on Bobby Kennedy's campaign. And and they basically told me the, the meat, mainstream media no longer calls them anti-vaxxed. Because when they call them anti-vax and then people listen to that, and they want to do their own research. So people are actually waking up and doing their own research for a change, right? We, You and I have been telling people to do that for the last four years, five years, whatever. They go do the research. They go to the Kennedy, uh, you know, 2024 web, Kennedy24.com website. 
and then they see where his positions on things and like no no he's not anti-vax no hold it it's it's they they realize he's actually kind of like the only normal politician out there really yeah in in a way you know and there's a lot of trump there are a lot of trump people that have actually gone to see bobby so bobby switching from democrat to the independent party actually makes a ton of sense and so now the big media realizes we better pull back because a lot of people are not showing up for wellness visits anymore you know, with their kids. There, there are a lot, there's a lot of, a lot of vac- vaccines got a really bad name. And every time they try to stick tar and feather Bobby with the anti-vaxxers backfiring. And so they're not even doing that anymore. They now have to call him anti-Semite or something else related to Israel or whatever. They, they, they can't go down the path of this. They have to come up with a new label. And I find it kind of interesting. Don't you? That, that rhetoric or name labeling with him has changed. Well, if that's the case, that's quite sobering. Um, if they've decided, I think it's to good news uh, if, that, if that's the case, right? Don't you? Yeah, I, I also think you know Mickey. Mickey did bring it up when he was still running as a Democrat. Yeah, he he brought it up like we left this this party. It doesn't make sense that you're running. I think Kim Iverson. I mean, a lot of I have thought about why is he running as a Democrat? Well, so it not makes, anymore. Not anymore. So the, yeah, it makes it makes the, sense. The Democrats but, left the Kennedys, not the other way around. If you right. Look, look at his father and uncle back in the sixties. Yeah. Do people know that uh, he sounds the way he does because of a vaccine injury? Yeah, he's he's vaccine injured, and, is, and three of his six uh, children have. Uh, peanut allergies that, that might be very tiny on the spectrum but it's still a vaccine injury people it is it messes up peanut al- allergies back in the 60s i know i grew up in it kids ate peanuts all the time none of that was a problem there were no no egg react no reaction to eggs so no this- these these adjuvants uh, are it's it's just makes no sense to me to put a dangerous adjuvant to uh, rile up the immune system well, you know, I, I found something, even Lee Merritt on her telegram didn't, didn't have a necessary answer, but put a paragraph out that said effectively this. Mercury, thimerosal in vaccines has been labeled a preservative for a reason because it had it been labeled a adjuvant, which is what it probably is doing in vaccines, people. They would actually have to go test it for safety. But since it's a preservative, they never had to go test it for safety. And you see how the word smithing on vaccines. So likely what injured my son was thimerosal and aluminum, which aluminum is clearly an adjuvant. Mercury is likely an adjuvant too. We've just been lied to all of these years about vaccines. Now, people, if you got children and you're thinking about a wellness visit, well, I'm not a medical doctor, but I am a father of a vaccine injured kid. I know know, thousands of them or millions of them. And the, the the rate of autism is climbed. And yeah, there is a connection to vaccines. Vaccines is the cause of autism, people. So you might want to do your own research. Don't trust me. Do your own research. But take a look at thimerosal aluminum. Take a look at VAERS. It's just totally insane what's going on. And you got to put a, you can put a stop to it. You do not have to mandate anything. Mandate is not a law. Homeschool your kids if you, if you can afford to do that. If you work from home, certainly think about your children and their future go ahead Miriam I had to get that off I was gonna say I was with at an event in South Beach yesterday with Dr. Mercola yep and Mercola was giving a presentation on EMFs and also listed the radioactive which you know people say it's woo woo 
the EMFs, but but in reality, we're we're we have an electrical field. We have we're electricity and water, yo. So all of these exactly. high wave, ultra high wave. Uh, I know I'm sensitive. That's why I wear this. Um, you know, I wear this Lila. I wear a band. I turn my Wi-Fi off. But I'm just saying that also was listed according to him as a contributor to autism and uh, unfortunately people are not sensitive to their environment and we're being disassociated with the beautiful our beautiful bodies and what they're capable but you know I stand here to tell people I've reversed lupus I was hit by an SUV dragged 50 feet literally had to learn how to walk again I'm 50 years old I'm also a functional medicine coach and consultant and you can improve even if you are dealing with a vaccine injury um, this is your, this is, we're sacred. And we are sacred. Yeah, we're sacred. So incredible. So uh, we'll go back to plasmids in a minute. I didn't mean to disrupt in the beginning, but I, I had a very long night. I'm going to just be honest, the audience. So I'm, I'm, I'm here now. I'm all here now, people. Um, part seven. Is there a part eight to anthrax? Go ahead. No, there's, I need to move on. No, there's a part seven. I part six talks about a little bit about the the history of anthrax because it's it was usually with animals. And I I feel that it's been weaponized and therefore it's become more dangerous. Uh, So no, the seventh will be a, a roundup. And then I'll move move on to I, I, I will I will go find a PDF of my chapters uh, on, oh, on yeah, Dr. Julie Gruberty. I'll send that to you. It's just it's you don't have to chase far. I got I done most of the research okay. back back in the years ago. Great. I I want to ask you since I have you on if you watched my uh, my commercial. Uh, Dr. Judy um, retweeted it. Um, I was with Dr. Judy last night. Go ahead. We love yeah. we love Dr. Judy. Come on. So I would welcome people to to check out its. Uh, it's a spoof, a big pharma spoof on a on a, a condition called JJD, also known as jib jab. Can, t- can you text it to me after this uh, show recording? Yes, I can also show it to your. To Let's your do audience. it. Okay, I'll share my screen. And go, Courtney go Turner, who interviewed you recently, is in it. Have you seen it? I'm sure you've seen it. No, probably. So do you suffer from JJD? No, uh, I'll I'll pull it up one second. All right. Give me a second. Yeah, you're still in share screen mode. Um, are you? Is it easier if I share? I just put it in the chat and you share. No, no you, you you go ahead. Okay. I'll let okay. you let you take 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 charge. No problem for me. Okay. Just you can see my screen now. Absolutely, I see you uh, scraping honey off the uh, <laughs> off the a, bees off a hive in Greece. Yeah, the beekeeper was like an old time beekeeper, and he's like, "Here's your suit." I'm like, "No, I don't need a, I don't need a suit." I love it. The so, bees like you, huh? <laughs> yes, the bees like me, just like in Jupiter Rising, the documentary. Uh, one second. I love bees. I've only been stung yeah. twice in my life. Once in the bottom of the foot, once in a cheek. In Upper East Side Manhattan, about 15 years. Pretty funny. But it's also medicinal. It's helped people with, with Lyme. 
and uh, it's helped me with yeah. people with arthritis. So, okay, so, so my mother was stung 23 times as a girl in uh, Norway growing up, like, you know, a long time ago, obviously. But she obviously, through her breast milk, passed an immunity on me because I've had no no bad reactions to bee stings ever. She how What happened? She kicked over a hive or something? She probably walked through a bunch of flowers, what she told me, at the uh, mansion she was born and raised in. I mean, so many, so many, yeah, people are scared of bees because of. Well, I, I think she, she accidentally brushed through and obviously must be. She wasn't out there delivering like a kid torturing it, but something happened in childhood where she uh, hit into a uh, flower bed kind of thing. And then a whole bunch of bees came out and stung her. And eventually they figured out it was 23 of them. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. And how, what, I mean, she obviously recovered if she had an anaphylactic oh, of course she, she recovered but not, you know she, had, she no she was fine she didn't turn into a strawberry didn't have to go to the hospital but it was <laughs> painful experience i guess yeah totally how old was she uh she got to be in her late teens at that time yeah but i i hear that a lot like oh i i or even maybe have a negative connotation with the bees but but so she passed on her immunity to bees because she like i said she's so I knew a New York City detective, he got stung by a bee, he'd have, he would have to literally be a homicide detective, no less, would have to be taken to the hospital. Otherwise, he'd be dead in an hour, right? So some people are super allergic to bees. Yeah, they have to carry it. I know people who carry an EpiPen yep. um, because it'll be it, it'll be game over. No, but not not for you and I. No, not for no. But I've gotten my my share of stings. Like I'll I'll, uh, I'll put a veil on. Yeah. Because uh, I'll look like a um <laughs> i just blow up so much but yeah. not my body and yeah. uh anyway that was a beautiful field in ikaria in greece back before the rona when i was a digital nomad okay i mean hopefully the volume so just for your audience Go ahead. this is goof and uh let's play it yeah james secrets Big Pharma, love it. So yeah, I, Courtney, 
I, I had torn my meniscus, so I couldn't do the, uh, I bought the costume. And so I, I was, it was awesome to collaborate with Courtney Turner. And uh, I just think this is, we're in a spiritual battle and yep. it's important to say, I'm wrong. I made a mistake. Yeah. So that's the spoof. I admit you're wrong. Um, and uh, be, they'll be uh, better if they admit they're wrong and then repent to God and then actually become a whistleblower. Um, you still have an opportunity because uh, if not, you're gonna be you're gonna be dealt with severely. Yeah, or, it's uh, it's it's important in this life to look at your shadow and to say, "I'm sorry," as opposed to my dad who just blocked me, my own dad who's a Christian, who worked for Pfizer, who's disowned his eldest daughter that he named after the Virgin Mary. And, you know, people are like, just get over it. Just get over that your father disowned you. You know, it's... Uh, he's not much of a Christian, is he? And I, I never met your father. I don't mean to pick on him, but he's not much of a Christian re in reality. If you can't forgive somebody, especially your own daughter or son, you you are a... I'm gonna say forgive this, me for what? You're either, you're either a quitter or a loser, right? right? Forgive for nothing. For what? Tell the truth? For what hurting his feelings? Uh, is does he still work for Pfizer or whatever? Oh, no, he's retired, but he's so a, he's, he's protecting the beast system. He should maybe go. Uh, maybe he should go read a couple sections of Revelation about pharmakia being sorcery. I'm not yeah. inventing that word. That that word's uh, mentioned twice in Revelation. The beast yeah, system. I, I don't know. Maybe even just, just even speaking about him. You know, I'm I'm. I have nothing to hide. I talk about the truth and it's become, we're living in a world where people are not themselves. They're not comfortable in their bodies and they're wearing face masks on top of face masks. So I, I'm not sure. All I could say is if he doesn't come back to you, God's going to treat him very severely one day. That's all I got to tell you. You don't, you're telling the truth and he, and he's can't deal with it. Stunning. There's an opportunity for him to wake up when the world wakes up that they've all been poisoned. So that's coming. So maybe there will be a uh, a wakening up within your father. You can't do it. You, you know, you can only lead him to water. You only lead him to truth. You can't make him drink water. You can't you you you, you know? I, I got plenty of of high school friends, Democrats, all Democrats, all educated. And as Mickey Willis pointed out, that the, it's the educated that 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 have gotten yeah. the jabs and defending right. the beast system. That's right, because people I, are are brainwashed and you know maybe my comments to my dad like jesus forgives or would jc wear a face <laughs> diaper i don't think so maybe doesn't like those comments um, no especially in that voice that little girl <laughs> it's so oh, awesome. i wouldn't say it in that voice but well to i mean me, that voice is not in my chest <laughs> um but yeah all right you know, so I'll send you Gerberding and, uh, you know, we, yeah. we look forward to seriously anthrax trials part seven. I, I actually look forward to reading that. Um, let's go back to plasmids. I learned about plasmids for the first time in the beginning of September when I attended the ages, the healing for the ages conference in, in Dallas, Texas with Brian, Dr. Brian Artis, Dr. Ed group, Dr. Uh, Henry Ely. Henry's I'm, I'm interviewing Henry uh, this Wednesday recorded and it will play on Friday. So at Henry Ely, He's the one that called him the hula hoops, the plasmids. He's been deep into them for several months. If uh, if I haven't connected you yet, I will connect you and Henry together because I think it's it's one worthwhile bringing him on the show and talk about plasmids because he's got done an incredible amount of research on it. Yeah, I would I would love that. I'm interviewing uh, Jeffrey Payne, who's yep. um, who's also done excellent work. 
It's just amazing that I don't think anyone in the mainstream has even mentioned plasmid. You don't see it out there. And yet it's related to the bioweapons, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Talk, talk. So so let's let's get into plasma. Yeah. He calls it a hula hoop, and I'm going to have him do it on, on you know on the show that's later this week. So what what is a plasmid? Why is this important? Are they adulterating or contaminating the vaccines, uh, the bioweapons? Go ahead. We got about just bring six, up my, six my minutes, uh, Miriam. Six minutes. So go okay. ahead. Six Jump minutes. into it. Okay. Um, hold on, please. Yeah, of course. Just want to pull up my notes. Yeah. So okay, so to gain warp speed, right? To to scale up their productions. Yep. This is a manufacturing process of the mRNA vaccines. Yep. And this was used during the clinical trial, and then they scaled up, and like I said earlier, they switched from process one to process two. So initially they were using PCR to amplify the DNA segmentation for the vaccine. And this is standard uh, laboratory technique. Now, when I found out that they're growing their DNA, so for mass production, the DNA was placed in a plasmid and that's a small circular piece of DNA that can replicate. And how does it replicate? They use E. coli, yummy. So these plasmids are grown in E. coli bacteria wow. so that they can they can double up, right? And they allow for mass production Repli- of the replication. The yep. Yeah. Um, so that in itself, the notion of these vats of bacteria to to grow their their DNA. So what they also did is that plasmid includes an antibiotic resistance gene. So that allows for the selection of bacteria. And in in theory, it's to protect you from all the E. coli, but then they have to purify it. And oftentimes the purification process is not complete. And then these endotoxins get, you know, when they're injected inside a human being. So the selection, the plasmid also includes antibiotic resistance gene, which allows for the selection of bacteria that have successfully taken up with the plasmid when grown in the presence of antibiotics only the bacteria with the plasmid and therefore the dna of interest survive the risks of just this alone are incredible and then i get into the dna in the vaccines the risk of contamination so when grown in the presence of antibiotics theoretically only the bacteria with the plasmid survive in theory but extracting dna from the e coli introduces, of course, contaminants such as endotoxins. These wow. are the LPs, the, the these fake nanolipids. Yep. And so in the purification process, it doesn't properly remove all the impurities. And then, yay, you get injected with, um, with these endotoxins. So the levels of residual DNA may exceed regulatory limits. And there is also criticism towards methods used. So again, as I said, when there was a FOIA to look like, so what are the levels of endotoxins? That was still redacted despite the, that in itself, I mean, it's, it is wow. explosive. So. Yeah, there's, you know, there's a couple stories on a macro level. We know the Tom Renz that in front of Congress last week said he found a, a, a U.S. Army uh, injured by Moderna mRNA vaccine back in 2014. So they've been testing this stuff for years. 
Number two, Moderna had 100,000 mRNA COVID vaccines in 2019 before COVID ever became public anywhere in the world. Pretty interesting. How do they ramp up millions, like you said? Now we're learning that Pfizer had, you know, the the, the show trial had the trial vaccines and that yeah. the ones that came to market are completely different than the ones that were actually uh, approved for EUA. So we're learning about this now. Yeah. All I, I of want- this is, is stunning in the sense that what the hell is going on? No oversight. No oversight. No oversight. The regulators in Canada and the FDA allowed for this. And then also yep. during their trials, the trials were usually, I believe, like 22,000. So the process, too, was only tested on a whopping 252 people. So wow. knowing that the chances of showing any, you know, side effects would be little little to none and that's not a proper way to to conduct a clinical trial and to not tell the people so yeah, we, we, we have a bait and, bait and switch so we got about a minute left exactly. miriam yeah. i'm gonna give you the floor go ahead and and tell people to go subscribe to Substack and more go ahead floor is please, yours please help keep my work alive i love being a journalist and it's needed and I want to deliver 100% truth and nothing but the truth. So please go to miriamhinane.substack.com. Um, it's as little as $5, or you can become a founding member. A little goes a long way and allows me to continue to write. At uh, Yeah, with my experience, I love doing it. You can also check me out on Twitter. I'm Miriam Hinane. You can buzz on over to honeycolony.com. It's a magazine and marketplace that aims to empower you to be your own best health advocate and um yeah that, that would be great how do you spell your last name h-e-n-e-i-n so my full name is mariam hinane is m-a-r-y-a-m as in mary h-e-n as in nancy e-i-n dot substack dot com and you can also find me on mariam dot com and you can still check out my documentary film the real timeline which is the truth about george floyd way before tucker carlson way before Miriam. thank you very much love your work love what you're doing we want to bring you on to decentralized media when we're up and running with other hosts because you do phenomenal work happy thanksgiving to you happy thanksgiving thank you thank you great thank you thank you